Welcome once again. Um, just before we get into things, I just want to uh, make an announcement with the new format uh, and the, uh, uh, the reopening. We've added the live stream so that people who are not able to make it on Sunday are able to uh, uh, live stream the service at their at their uh, their home. So uh, that's good. It's also opened up another opportunity for some volunteers, for our serve team, for uh, uh, working the camera, which is basically keeping it pointed from the, from you know the, the the songs to to hear when the when I'm speaking. So, but we've got a couple of weeks coming up um, in, in the fairly near future where uh, our camera operators are going to be out of town. So if you th would be interested in checking that out and possibly volunteering to, uh, to do that, we will show you how. It's not very complicated, but we'll show you how to do that. Uh, just let us know at the office and we'll be uh, happy to go ahead and, and uh, show you how to do that. So let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we love you. And that's why we're here. We're here because we love you and we're here and we love you because you first loved us. So Lord, we're here to hear what you have to say. We're here to receive what you have to give. And we're here as we've given you our worship and given you our heart. We're here to give you our love. So we ask now that as we look into your word, that you would show us the things that you want us to see. Speak to our hearts, Lord. We are ready to hear. Speak, Lord, your servants listen. We open our hearts to you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, welcome to the final week of our, <coughs> excuse me, of our Red Letter Challenge. We've been in this 40-day journey, this 40-day challenge uh, of, of putting the words of Jesus into practice, looking at, at things he has said specifically in, in uh, we said we we're going to look at five target areas and, and see what we can do and how we can put the words of Jesus into practice. We started this because, um, quite honestly, the, the, the church, Big C Church, has not always done a good job of representing who Jesus is. I mean, when much of the world looks at the church, or I should say when much of the world looks at Christians, they don't always like what they see. Um, so... And it's not that they're rejecting Jesus. It's not that they're. Uh, uh, it's it's not that they, uh, uh, you know, are saying no to him so much. Is that often what they see in in Christians is little resemblance between Jesus and Christians. They see little resemblance, and we wanted to do what we can in our circle of influence to change that. In Matthew four, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. He gives an invitation to all who are listening. And he says in Matthew 4, 17, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. It's an invitation that he's giving us to stop, turn from the way that we're living, and follow Jesus. 
to live the way that he taught us, to live the way that he showed us how to live. And that's what he, he, he invited the disciples into, and that's what he invites us into. And that's what this 40-day journey called the Red Letter Challenge is, has been all about, learning to live like Jesus taught us. And Because when the church does that, when we live the way Jesus teaches, then the world looks at the church and they will see Jesus. And so far, we've looked at what Jesus taught in four target areas. Those target areas are being, forgiving, serving, and giving. And we started with being because we said that everything, that, everything else, all the other target areas and everything we do and everything we are, really flows from simply being with Jesus, simply spending time with him. There is no shortcut to quality time spent with Jesus, taking the time just to sit in his presence and connect with him and be with him. We started with that because that is what empowers us and that is what equips us for all of our other target areas. Time spent with Jesus is where we find the grace to forgive. Time spent with Jesus is where we find the humility to serve. Time spent with Jesus is where we find the heart to give. And as we're going to talk about today, time spent with Jesus is where we receive our commission for going. That's our fifth target area, going. After the resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples over a period of 40 days, teaching them about the kingdom of God. And then just before he ascended back into heaven, he gives them authority that the Father had given him. He gives it to his disciples. He gives it to his followers. And then he gives them this charge in Matthew 28, starting in verse 19, says, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. It's a familiar passage to most of us. What do, what do we call this passage? Anybody tell me? The great, the great Commission. Yeah, we call this the Great Commission because he's commissioning his disciples. He's commissioning the church. And it's actually... Only one of several times in Scripture where Jesus tells us, tells his followers to go and share the gospel. And yet, when we hear this passage, you know, often, if we'll be totally honest, our reaction is a mixed reaction. Because on the one hand, we get excited. On the one hand, we get pumped up. Yes, we need to take the message of Jesus to everybody. Everybody in the, in, in the earth needs to hear it. We need to take that message to everybody and, and everyone in the world. They must hear the good news. But then on the other hand, when it moves from a commission to the church to a commission to me, often it takes another tone, doesn't it? Now, I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes we begin to think of reasons why it applies Maybe that it doesn't apply to us, but it applies more to others than to ourselves. And we think things like, well, it's not really my personality. I'm an introvert. I'm not outgoing. Or I don't have the gift of evangelist. Some people do. I just don't have that gift. 
Or, or, or we may think, well, I do my part by supporting missionaries. And that's good, and we need to do that, and that's included in all of this. But it's also still the responsibility of every believer to go and make disciples. It's not just for missionaries, not just for pastors, not just for extroverts. But sometimes, don't we feel just a little bit unqualified? And we're not sure how to do this. So this morning, I want to talk about going. And I want to talk about going as it pertains to ordinary day-in and day-out believers living ordinary day-in and day-out lives just like you and just like me. Here are some things that we need to keep in mind. First of all, you don't have to go far. Okay? It's not about going to a far-off country. When this says all the nations, we need to realize that that includes your neighborhood. It includes where you live. It includes your workplace. It includes the places where you do business. It includes the gym where you work out. It includes the gym where you avoid working out. Uh, it includes your church. It's anywhere that we connect with people. And unless we're a total hermit, then we connect with people in so many different places. I mean, yes, God calls some people to go to other countries, and yes, he could call you to that. We saw that with Jackie and Levi. They were a part of this church. God spoke to them, called them to go to Guatemala. They, they packed up everything, and they moved to Guatemala, and they've been there doing his work for over 10 years now. And yes, he, he calls people to that. Yes, he could call one of us to that. But unless and until he does, then God's intent is for us to fulfill this commission right where we are, to help other people know Jesus and become his followers right where we are. So ask God to give you eyes to see what he's already doing right in front of you, what he's already doing all around you, and then just join in what he's doing. Second thing to keep in mind, you don't have to go alone. Jesus didn't just say, go and make disciples of all nations. Okay, guys, bye, I'm out. Did he? He didn't just say, okay, go do it, I'm out of here. He assures us that he'll be with us. Now, we know that he's with us all the time, right? Hopefully you know that. If you're a believer, hopefully you know that, that he is with you everywhere you go, every moment of the day, through his Holy Spirit, he lives inside of you. So we know he's always with us. Jesus said, I'm always with you, and you can take that to the bank. That's the Dave Shunk paraphrase. <clears throat> but I, what I want you to see is that in this passage, when he says he will always be with us, it's in the context of going to make disciples. It's in that context. He gave us the authority to go and make disciples, and then he told us that as we do, he says, you can count on me to be with you. I'm going to be right there with you every moment of the, of, of the day. Every, every word you speak to someone, every time you share with someone, every time you open your mouth to share me, he goes, I'm going to be right there with you. 
He says he's going to be with right by our side, leading us, giving us direction, opening doors for us to share, empowering us. That means you don't have to worry about not knowing what to say or what to do. Or should I go to this person? Should I not say something to this person? He's going to be giving you direction every step of the way. So ask God to open doors. Ask him to give you opportunities, to give you divine appointments. And realize you don't have to make something happen. Sometimes we feel the pressure. We feel like, well, I've got to make something happen. And if this person doesn't respond the way that I hope they respond or I want them to respond, then I've somehow failed. It couldn't be farther from the truth. He, 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 he gives us those opportunities. He gives us those divine appointments. And he just asks us to be present in the moment and follow the Holy Spirit's leading. And then to step into those opportunities as they present themselves. Let it be natural and not forced. Now, as opportunities present themselves, one thing we need to do is we need to be careful that we don't prejudge any person or situation. You know what I mean by that? When you're, th you're thinking, you know, it's like, well, that person needs Jesus. Well, maybe I should, maybe, I, you know, th they're struggling. Maybe I should help them. Maybe I should talk to them. You know, and you think, oh, they wouldn't be interested. They would, they, they're not interested in what I want to, you know, what I want to say. I, I, I just know. Well, how do you know they wouldn't? You know, Mark 16, 15, Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And once again, he's saying all creation. In other words, not just those you think will listen. Not just those who seem open to you. So rather than trying to judge where someone, whether someone is open to you sharing with them, whether they're open to you, you know, asking to pray for them, whether you, you're, they're open or not to you, you know, asking, hey, you know, um, uh, you just said you're sick, can I pray for you? you know, rather than trying to judge whether or not somebody is open, just trust that God is leading you. Trust that God is bringing someone across your path whom he's already been preparing. And if you're going to assume anything, then assume that God has already been working in their life. And be careful not to overlook someone or prejudge what you think God is doing or isn't doing in someone's life. You know, when I was coming to Christ, the fact is, the closer I got to him, the farther away from him I appeared on the outside. And isn't it the case sometimes? What I was showing in the outside was that, you know, I was, I was getting farther away. I was pushing him away. But on the inside, I was getting closer. Sometimes the person you least expect to be receptive or responsive to the gospel is the most ready to respond. So trust that God is leading you. And then you do your part, and you let God do his part. Now, what's your part? Your part is simply to step out in faith, and his part is to handle the results. The truth is, some people will respond with faith. Some people will respond to what you want to share with them. And it doesn't have to be some big, long, preachy thing. 
It can just be, you know, God will help you with this if you ask him. Some people will respond to that, and some people won't. That's the fact. Some will, some won't. It's always been that way, and it always will be. So don't get caught up in worrying about results. You know, on the first Palm Sunday, Jesus overlooked Jerusalem. As we opened up, he said, you know, he, 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 uh, he was approaching Jerusalem, and they're waving palm branches at him and, and throwing their coats in the front of the, uh, on, on the roadway for, for the donkey carrying Jesus to travel over them. He gets to a spot where he can look out over the city. And there's a passage in this chapter 19 of Luke's gospel that always just grips my heart. Starting in verse 42, Jesus said, he's looking out over Jerusalem, over the city, where he spent so much of his time, so much of his ministry, healed people, you know, taught people, uh, delivered people. <clears throat> and he says, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it's hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another. And here's the part because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. You see, in that day, there were people that welcomed Jesus, that responded well to him. They didn't fully understand everything, no. But in that day, there were those who, who responded to him, and there were those who didn't. His message went out to all just the same. You know, some recognized that God had come, and come to them and others didn't. And his heart was broken over those who didn't recognize. We are not responsible for people's response to God. And when they don't respond, how should we respond? With a broken heart. When they say no, then we respond with a broken heart and we continue to lift them up to the Lord and continue to pray because that's every bit of much of going as, as opening our mouth and speaking. Because even though we are not responsible for people's response to God, we are responsible to give people the opportunity to respond to him. We're just not responsible for the results. That's in God's hands. Our job is to give people that opportunity. And, you know, some people plant seeds. Others come along and water. Other, uh, you know, over time it grows. Someone else comes along, adds a little fertilizer, waters more. You know, and then at some point everything converges together and the person puts their faith in Christ. It's a process and we need to understand that. And when we come to someone, then we, you, know, you, 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 you never know where in the process they are. Whether you're just planting that first seed or whether you're the one that you just simply open your mouth and boom, 
they want to pray and, and receive Christ into their life. They want to turn their life over to Christ. I mean, I mean, and, and sometimes that's, that surprises us because we never saw it coming. And if you've ever had the experience where you're talking to someone and, you know, you've been building a relationship with them, or maybe you're just you're the first time talking to this person and somebody else has been pouring into their life, pouring into their life and just pouring into their life, and you happen to be there and the moment and they say, I want to accept Christ into my life. What a joy that is and what a surprise it is sometimes because we think, well, I, I didn't say anything. It's a process, and we take part in this part of the process or this part or that part. It doesn't matter. We're just there to follow the Lord's leading and to obey him. Now, one more thing to keep in mind as we go. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke 24, 47. He says, repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. Don't you hear that? Pre it's going to be preached to all nations. The word's going to go out to all nations. There is forgiveness of sin uh, upon repentance, and, you know, it's in Jesus' name, and, and it's going to go to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. This is emphasizing something that we said before. He said, you know, you don't have to go far. Well, you don't have to start with the nations. You start at home. So you start right where you are. Just start where you are. Now, how do I do that? You say, well, how do I, how do, I do that? You know, I, if you're like me, I am not one that is easy to get into conversation with somebody I don't know. Okay? I, I am, it's, I, some people, they can walk up to a total stranger and just start talking about all kinds of things and connecting with them. My personality is such that if I don't know a person, it's hard for me to really get into conversation with them. It doesn't absolve me of, of going. It just means I have to find a way that works for me. So let me, let me uh, give you a few things that will help out, I think. You know, just start by looking at who's in front of you, okay? Just look at who's right in front of you. Who has God put in your life? That person at work, that neighbor, who has God put into your life? Just, just open your eyes and, and see who he's put there. And then, one, listen to their story. As you get to know them or as they begin to talk, find out their story. Listen to their story. Listen beyond the surface level and begin to hear what is going on in their life. What kind of difficult situations are they in? What kind of, you know, what's going on? Are they struggling with their kids? Are they struggling in their marriage? Are they struggling with their job? Listen beyond the surface level and listen to their story. Second thing, share your story. Share your story. Share where your life has been, where your life is at, and identify places as you do where their story and your story intersect. You know, they're having struggle at work, and, you know, you've been through the most difficult time at work in your life that you've ever been through. You know, they've got stuff going on that isn't fair at work, and, and you've been through it. I used to have a boss. I've shared this somewhat before, but 
I used to have a boss. He was the most impossible, impossible boss from wherever he came from. Um, <coughs> and, uh, you know, I was, I was working in men's shoes, okay? I was running the shoe department. I was managing the department. This when we lived in Fort Wayne. And this guy was over all the men's area. And that kind of, I was included in that, although I was in charge of the shoes. He would come in and he would tell me, you need to organize your stock room this way. And, and I'm thinking, no, you don't. That's how you organize women's shoes. You organize women's shoes by color. You don't organize men's shoes by color. You organize men's shoes by style of shoe, loafer, wingtip tennis shoe, whatever, and then the color breakdown in there, and, and he, he told me to, you know, so I had to redo the whole stock room uh, uh, because he was technically over me, so I did it, and then it wasn't working very well, and one day while I was at lunch, he had to cover for me, and he comes in and says, who put the stock room like this? You can't find anything. You know, you got the brown shoe of one thing, uh, 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 this shoe in brown, you know, over here, and you got it in black over here, and then the burgundy's in the back. And uh, I'm thinking, you told me to do this, so he told me to do it all over again. And then there were other things that he'd tell me to do it one way, and then I would come in one day after doing it that way, and he'd rip into me for doing it another way. I mean, there was no pleasing this guy. So when I talk to somebody that is in a situation at work, the details may not be, may not be identical, but they're in a situation at work where they, just, they do what they're told and they can't win for losing, I can identify with that. And I can, <clears throat> I can share, you know, this is, how it, 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 this is what I learned in this. This is what God taught me when I was going through this season of my life. And I can share with them and I can pray with them. So identify those places where their, their story and your story intersect, where there's similarities, and then connect your story and their story with God's story. And begin to share Jesus with them. Begin to connect them with God's story using the connection in the two of yours stories. Tell them what God has done for you. Tell them the difference he's made in your story and show them what he can do for them. It's really that simple. You don't have to have all the answers. Just an ear to hear and your own story to tell. Because your own story is so much more effective when you can tell it than just having the quote-unquote right answers. People need to hear your story. And people need to hear that their lives aren't so broken that Jesus can't put them back together. People need to hear how he has fixed or is fixing the broken places in your life. And maybe some of you need to hear that this morning. There's no life that is ir irreparably broken. There is no wound that is beyond healing. There is no sin that is, that is beyond forgiveness. There's no hope that is, or, or excuse me, no person that is beyond hope. That if you turn and open your heart to him, if you just let him do his work, then your life can be changed. Your life can be redeemed. Your life can have purpose. 
Now, if anyone is listening to me right now, and that's where they are, I just want to invite you to pray, for, pray with me right now. Just follow along with me. If, that's, if that describes you and you came in here, you're feeling too broken to fix, too, you know, too, too, too lost for hope, too hurt to forgive, too guilty to be forgiven. If that's you, then I want you to just pray with me right now. Lord, my life is broken and I can't fix it. I'm asking you to enter into my broken life. I'm asking you to forgive me. Forgive my sin. Would you make me whole again? I'm going to live for you from here on out by your grace. Amen. It's as simple as that. Opening yourself up and letting God come in. Now, to those who maybe have just prayed that for the first time, as well as those who have prayed it before, there's one more thing to do. Go and tell somebody. Go and let somebody know. Listen to the words Jesus is saying in John 20, 21. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Jesus spoke that to his disciples and he's speaking that to us today. Go. My peace is with you. The Father sent me and I came. Now I'm sending you to go and share me with people. And remember, you're not going alone. You know, Jesus said in, in Acts 1.8, he said that as we go, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power for what? Power to be his witnesses. And that includes the things we say and the things that we do, the way we live. He, said, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I want you to notice once again, it starts in Jerusalem. In other words, it starts right here at home. That's where we start and we move out from there. Let's pray. Lord, you have already told us to go. So now our prayer is, Use us. Use us, Lord. Open doors in front of us. Give us divine appointments. Give us eyes to see what you are doing in people's lives. Give us ears to hear what you are saying to us and how to connect and how to share. Give us boldness, Lord, that we would not be timid in sharing who you are to us and what you've done in our lives. Give us courage, Lord, to speak with boldness. In Jesus' name. Now let's stand for the benediction. I want to invite you to just hold out your hands as we pray. There's nothing magical about holding out your hands, but 
often the body reveals the posture of the heart. And when we hold our hands out, it's in a posture to receive. And I fully believe that when we speak blessing over people, when we speak blessing over our children, over our spouses, over our families and friends, there is power in those words. So receive this. Now as you go, may the Lord empower you with his Holy Spirit. May the Lord open doors of opportunity before you this week. May he lead you into divine appointments this week. May he put words in your mouth this week. As you go in peace to share the love of the Lord. Amen. Amen. As we uh, are going to go ahead and uh, prepare to dismiss... If uh, you brought your tithes and offerings with you, you can drop them off in the black boxes by the, uh, any of the exits. Uh, if you prefer to give electronically, just go to bloomingtonvineyard.com and click the Give button, or you can mail a check to Vineyard Community Church, P.O. Box 3277, Bloomington, Indiana, 47402. God bless you. Go and have a great week sharing Jesus with someone. We'll see you next week.